0: like to talk and read all oh, things, books and mystery, funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew.
1: It's a clue. Hello, sleuths. I'm Karen. And I'm Kelly. Welcome to It's a Clue. A faux crime comedy podcast for music composers and corporate spies. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A detailed combination. Yes. Up, up for discussion this week is The Secret in the Old Attic. So, Karen, here is my opening thought to ponder. Okay. If someone theoretically had already been bitten by a black widow spider in your attic, would you keep just like sticking your unprotected little fingies into dark holes and piles of old clothes and papers? <laughs> or or would you like perhaps probe with caution?
0: Girl, I would never go back. Not to the attic. Okay. Not to the home. <laughs> no, I would not be skulking around it like digging in little hidey holes where there are known poisonous... Beasties.
1: Right. Because my assumption is, is if there's one, there's oh, many. Oh,
0: for sure. That was the thing that was kind of unbelievable. Actually, no, they did explain it. But I'm like, there is not just one spider.
1: <laughs> there's, But at the time, Nancy did not know why no. there would have been a single Black Widow spider in that attic. <laughs> a spider. <laughs> a
0: spider. Um, Do you so, know... Yeah, do you know about spider season in Seattle?
1: Have I told no, you about this? No, but I hate the sound of that.
0: Oh, God. So I learned about this moments after we moved here. I'm like, oh, clearly my research and done? <laughs> choosing my location was poor. You mean um, this
1: is not like in the top 10 list of things to know before you move to Seattle? Should have been. That should... list needs to get updated.
0: Yeah, they mostly those lists focus on like the highest concentration of serial killers in the United
1: States. They're but... like, we've got rain, we've got serial killers. Other than that, everything's oh, the spiders. We all the spiders. Did we, did we not mention the spiders? There's a Sasquatch
0: lurking around <laughs> every corner. Also, spite. So there is legitimately, there's a crow season. There is also a spider season, and. Spider season is real. It is a real thing and I will I have so many questions. It's, it's just like they all arrive and hatch and you will find them in your home.
1: No. And why? I found, just because it's oh, like balmy and wet all the time or what? I think so.
0: I think it's just like the perfect oh. moisture levels and darkness and d- conditions ugh, for them you to should, breed. Seeing my face. I've, I oh, I Probably I'm like horking out a lot of people that are listening to this that hate spiders, so I will be brief. But I found, I've, I mean, I've found many, but I found one that changed my outlook on life.
1: It was <laughs> like, <laughs> not it, like, okay. drive you back to religion or?
0: <laughs> it just made me realize that there is danger at every turn.
1: <laughs> like, so, like I understood finally that life is fleeting, that yes. monsters can be inside. They, the call could be coming from inside the house. It is oh. it was so
0: big. I have a picture of it. I will text it to you. I won't post it anywhere, but it oh. it's the biggest spider I've ever seen. And like I've been in Australia before and seen spider. This was the biggest spider I've ever no, I don't like seen. That. No. And um I I like made Garrett immediately. I was like purchase the biggest industrial mm-hmm. container of spider mm-hmm. spray you can mm-hmm. find. We are spraying everywhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Un- Unleash Fury.
0: Yeah, we basically like nuked the entire house. I'm like, I can't live like this. is not a like catch and release
1: program. No. <laughs> no, no, no. We're I, going full scorched earth up here I, in this condo. I had
0: to flush it because it was it, it was so big that I couldn't even bring myself to crush it for fear of the feeling of what that it was like a small animal.
1: <laughs> I was like, I can't so even. How, oh. how did you kill it?
0: I flushed it down the toilet.
1: I scooped it up with a mist of toilet up paper. A, a huge living spider. I had to. I had to. You would rather do that than squish it. Yes, I didn't want to feel it in my hand. <laughs> would you, wouldn't you rather feel a a, a situation than like having a live gigantic spidey escape? The, my my spideys always escape the tissue. Oh,
0: this one didn't. I had a good I had a good grip, and fortunately, <sighs> it was near the toilet, so it was more of a flip and pitch situation flip flip
1: pitch scream flip pitch scream Uh flush immediate start looking for new condos to rent like yeah we've got it we've got to move that's it's it was like when you
0: get hurt and you have to like stand there until the pain stops and you're like oh oh." like I had to stand there like doubled over with my hands on my knees for five minutes recovering from the spider
1: processing Uh. what had just happened to you
0: yeah. Anyway, so, so spoiler alert for anyone listening to this: there are spiders in this book, which is why this conversation's happening.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, there. Yeah, there are some spiders in this book. It's way too many. Um, More than we were comfortable with. Well, before we kind of like move too far on with our standard pod combo, yes, uh, I just wanted to briefly acknowledge the tragic shooting death of Helena Hutchins. Yeah. Uh, because it was so weird we had just talked about and posted our last episode where we were talking about the death of brandon lee while he was filming the crow which was completely unrelated like you know we we recorded that and posted it before this had ever happened um so anyway just you know we just wanted to acknowledge that and how sad and unnecessary and tragic that is and yeah you know our thoughts are completely with her family and friends, and yeah, um, safety in the entertainment. I mean, I I work in the entertainment industry, as you well know, Karen. I've yep, yep worked my whole career in it, and you know, safety is one of those things that we all talk about, and it's important. But it, it's a big conversation in the industry on a lot of fronts right now. Like, yeah, COVID brought a lot of stuff up, and. Um, I just, you know, obviously things need to change and get a whole heck of a lot safer because God, stuff like that just should not happen. So, oof, completely anyway. agreed.
0: Thank you for for saying that. It has definitely been heavily on my mind um, since that yeah. happened, and um, oh, yeah, well, I don't even know what to
1: say. But you you said it beautifully. Well, thank you. I just, you know, wanted to acknowledge it. So, um, but with that being said. Yes. Steering our attention back to Nancy Drew, Miss Nancy. Um, what? How? How was your week? Did you do anything fun? Um. In, you know, in between reading Nancy Drew books.
0: Let's see here. So uh, it is gross in Seattle right now. It is so dark. Like the the long darkness has begun. It's been raining constantly. Did you call
1: it the long darkness? Yes. Is I that another season? That.
0: I have named it that and yes it is (laughs) like once it starts you know that you've got a good seven months of darkness and rain ahead of
1: you so just just like a flashback when is spider season I
0: don't remember I mean what is
1: the duration
0: the duration is approximately six to eight weeks I would say oh Um, unacceptable it's kind of like spring, summary. I'll I'll oh, look yeah. up the exact dates of. I have an image I can send you of the different Seattle seasons upon which spider oh, is God. listed.
1: <laughs> one of them's probably um, vampire season, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, the little the little vampires Hashtag Twilight. Can you come out into the into the light? The only or state the in the world where it's safe for
0: vampires to go out in the daytime because the sun never comes out here. <laughs> well, I'm turning if you're into a twilight
1: one. vampire. You just you just glitter like diamonds, Karen.
0: Shine bright like a diamond. Oh, speaking of singing, so my update for you. I started watching the TV show Encore on Disney+. Yes. Plus.
1: Oh my god, it's so good.
0: Okay, so you've seen this. All right, so for those of you I've who seen, don't know about there, this. Is there
1: more than one, one season?
0: I don't think so. I yeah, think I there's the just the season. one. It is hosted by Kristen Bell, who Love. we have discussed before. We adore her. And the premise of the show, if you have not watched it, folks listening, is that they the producers of the show find high school people in their 40s basically who were who did high school theater specifically musicals Mm -hmm. and they approach them in their 40s and say hey you were great as maria and (laughs) the sound of music when you were 16 we're gonna have your cast put the show on again (laughs) and they bring them all back together and have them play their same roles and do the show again as adults
1: So, so wait they're doing the sound of music
0: that's one of the episodes, yes.
1: Okay, I. Oh, then is it? Then it must just be episodic. I I watched one on uh, Into the Woods. Oh yes, there are like ten episodes of this show, uh, and so each one is a different musical.
0: Yes, we've got a Sound of Music, we've yes. got a Ragtime, we've got, I think Anything Goes. I think there's a Brigadoon for you.
1: All right, all right. Yes, Brigadoon. I was, you know, weeping villager. Number yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic, but I will say it
0: gives me a bit of trauma because I actually have a regularly recurring nightmare about that exact scenario <laughs> happening to me. Have you have you no ever had again. this dream as a theater person?
1: Um, i I have very specific dreams. Being being like on stage again is not one of them because I was always like you know waving a rose in the background, so. <laughs> As I believe they say in center stage, I uh, yeah I was always you know the fourth villager from the right, Um, and I and I panicked about that in the moment, but no it didn't leave that. I will tell you the 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 weirder thing that has happened to me during it it, not so much anymore, but like when I was doing production work, um, and it happened in high school too, but like even you know all through when I was touring and everything. During the tech process for every single show, I would get so tired and so stressed out that I would sleepwalk and, and I could, I knew that I was standing up, moving around, doing things. I was working in my sleep. Like I would be, you know, like setting up the props or like spike taping a floor or like crying in a bathroom stall or, you know, whatever, whatever my day had been like, um, panicking about yeah. I can't lay down and go to sleep because I'll never get all this work done. And then I would finally wake up and I would be somewhere in the house. One time I woke <laughs> up um, I, <laughs> I was I was teching a show before we went on tour and I was staying in a hotel um, and I woke up as I was walking out <gasps> into the hallway.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Um. And and like every time I I do this and I wake up, it's like I have to convince myself that like none of that happened. You can like you're supposed to be here. You haven't slept through like four hours of rehearsal. You're supposed to be at like (laughs) just contributed to the anxiety. So anyway, I did not know that. Oh yeah, like every, every single tech, every single tech.
0: Yeah, my dreams, and I have this probably once a month, I'm not even kidding you, is that um, I'm, like, in the wings of the theater, in costume, Mm -mm. at my current age, and somebody is like, hey, (laughs) we're doing Cinderella, go. And I'm like, I haven't done this in 20 years, I don't remember any of my lines, and they're like, well, the music started, best of luck, like, Uh (laughs) it's awful, and then I'm just on stage, like, making lines up, and trying to, and everybody's looking at me like I'm nuts, and
1: like I don't remember any oh, of this. No. That was uh, my real life experience in my senior play in high school. My senior <laughs> year play. Really? I. Oh yes. Do you not remember this? You were. I was senior. You were a freshman. I'm not even going to say what show it was because. Oh, I I know what yeah. show it was. I know you know what show it was, but we're just gonna. That's gonna be between us. Um, <laughs> it was a musical. I had like I had like a pseudo lead in it. Um, you did. You had a big part. I had a big part. I I had lines and i walk out on stage for a scene with one other actor and he didn't come out like he just <gasps> did he missed his he he missed it he was like down in the cafetorium, like oh i remember cars. who this was yes mm-hmm. i know exactly who yes, it was he was, a, he was a german exchange student his name was jan yep i Hi, Jan, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he, he totally abandoned me on stage. The unfortunate thing was, was that I knew that I had to, like, there was important information in that, like, three exchange. minutes of dialogue. You know, <laughs> yeah. to, like, move forward in the play. So I just had to monologue it. And I remember after that was over, I went down and I found him. And it was like, you know, he was... A foot and a half taller than I was, and you know, a boy. You know, and I <laughs> I basically like grabbed him by the scruff of his neck and was like, "If you ever leave me on stage like that again, it'll be the last thing you ever do."
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally had forgotten about this. I do. Times. That is the same play where I had to, I was basically wondering villager number ninety seven, and I had to hold a scroll. <laughs>
1: Oh say yes. you were the scroll holder.
0: For a very long scene. Yes. And it was heavy and my arms were shaking so hard and like my arm just let go, like my hand just <laughs> clenched up and let go. And that scroll rolled <laughs> all the way down the steps I was standing on, down off the edge of the stage into the front row. And I was like, I'm fired. I'm going to lose <laughs> my fired. first acting gig. I'm I'll never work that. in this town
1: again. <laughs> it was so nice of them to give you like an actual scroll. You know? Made of like a heavy and not wood, not just like attach a dowel rod to either end of an eight and a half by eleven. So that Correct. was nice of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, think Karen though. If you had been going, you know, if if you were asked to take on that part now of Scroll Holder Number Three, I'd crush it. You would crush it. <laughs> like you've you've got those you've got those torture gym biceps now.
0: Yeah, I would be the best. The are best biceps, arms. Biceps are arm related. Yes, right. they're an arm and muscle. You he crushed yeah. it. Yeah. Um, anyway that tv show encore high school musicals it's taken me back that's been my yeah. week
1: how are you how are you <laughs> good i i basically all i've done this week is i made a cake today just <gasps> what did because. you make all right public service announcement um king arthur baking put up a free recipe last week for a cake called the apple fritter cake and so if you like like an apple fritter donut which is my favorite it tastes kind of like that it's okay is this on? can i find them on the instagrams uh yes but to find the receipt you should look on the interwebs king arthur bakery i'm making a note king King arthur flower like the flower company oh 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 great we just have a flower heiress Oh there's one in truly devious, that's what I'm thinking of. Anyway, yes. so I made a cake. I do need to tell you though that I have had a personal experience with black widow spiders. No, yes, Karen. Yes and what when I ha- lived what in happened? the South Carolina Uh-oh. which is you know one of the parts of our country that just seems to kind of breed things that can murder you. They're like yes. I mean, I had an actual sign behind my house there that was like beware of snakes and alligators how
0: did you live there successfully you hate those things i was
1: on i was on constant high alert which was not super (laughs) healthy um so anyway i walk out to my mailbox one day in the summer which is pretty much 10 out of 12 months there and i look into the back of my mailbox and there's this gigantic like spiky spider sack Oh. Yeah, with baby spiders everywhere. Oh God! Oh and no! Yeah, and so I was like, "That's a very odd looking spider situation" because they, it's they're spiky, and so I looked it up, and it's like, "Oh yeah, that's a black widow." Kelly. Egg situation. <gasps> so I mean, I all I mean, I all but burned it with fire. Yeah, and, like, put caution tape up so that my mailman wasn't like sticking his hands in there like nancy, oh that was you know good
0: call that was good of you to protect yeah. the community yes
1: but no I um I, n- I never looked at that mailbox the same way again
0: what did you do did you just like spray it <sighs> with an oh <sighs> yeah with
1: everything I had like if I had had a flamethrower that's what I would have used I just did not have one of those accessible it was being used by once upon a time in Hollywood at the time so um, <laughs> I did not have my flamethrower handy, and but yeah, I just like sprayed the hell out of it with poison. I'm sorry if there are people out there that are like, but like we need to do what we can to protect our black widows. I'm sorry, I don't. I, n- nope. Like I support you, but I yeah,
0: them. yeah, I killed them hard. Well, because they they would have killed you had you think, not. Yeah. So, yeah. but we almost lost Effie to this exact situation Dude. in this book. So we know what a little Effie. Um, Well, speaking of Effie and this book, I do have two fun facts for you before we get into it. So one thing that happens early on in this book is that little Susan, who we'll talk about, gets the measles. And Mm -hmm. Nancy has this memory sequence where she sees little Susan's face and immediately identifies its measles because she remembers when she had the measles. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, self, how odd. That's not really a thing anymore. So I Googled it, Kelly, and... Did you know this? I didn't. The measles vaccine didn't exist until 1963.
1: Well, I knew that it was in the 60s, yes. Okay, I didn't know that. So. Because our, our parental units talk about remembering going to get the measles vaccine when it came out.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it made sense in this book that they have all had the measles because yeah. the, it didn't exist yet for them. So, anyway, I thought that was interesting. It's
1: very interesting.
0: Um, fun fact number two, and my final yeah. fun fact. I teased this in our last episode.
1: Yes. Ooh. Yes. Is this the is this the girlfriend stealer sitch? Thing? Yes. Yes. Jo- Jolene. So we have a character in this book named
0: Diane Dite, who we are mm. going to discuss at length. She is a the charakter.
1: worst.
0: She is the worst. And in the original book. There's a whole different subplot that is so good and I'm really bummed they took it out. But basically, Nancy is all upset and confused because she hears that there is a dance coming up at Emerson College and... She's like, what gives? Ned has not asked me out to this. Like, George and Bess are getting all dolled up, ready to go with Bert and Dave. And Nancy's like, Ned did not invite me to this dance.
1: no. And her
0: feelings are all hurt. You know, I'm, I'm taking liberties with this. I didn't read it. But, you know, her feelings are hurt. She's devastated. She thinks Ned is no longer interested. And it turns out that Diane Dight... This, this daughter of the owner of the dye plant that we encounter has intercepted Ned's communication I'm guessing you know it was a handwritten invite and she, she basically snatches this so that she can date Ned and another boy who has a crush on Nancy can date Nancy and take her to the dance instead so basically Diana's like you want to get with Nancy I want to get with Ned I have a plot let's break them up and we both get what <gasps> we want two birds with one stone
1: Oh my gosh, That why did they take that out? That's so fantastic.
0: It's so good. It is possibly one of the best real-world River Heights subplots to date, and I feel like it was taken away from us, so I wanted to give it airtime, because
1: that is amazing. That is an amazing story. Do we know how it's resolved? Like, does Nancy figure it out? And then she, like, she breaks up with this boy at the dance, and gets diane charged with mail fraud or something
0: <laughs> it's definitely figured out and all is right in the ned and nancy world but i don't know the details and i i don't know that i'm willing mm-hmm. to basically read this book twice to find out but no if anyone's interested that is available to you <laughs> that
1: is a, an add-on bonus to the original book so yeah noted
0: well, well, that's all I got for you, in terms of fun facts, but I well, thought they I, were pretty good.
1: I love them, and I will I will counter with a one-sentence plot submission.
0: Oh, fantastic. And I, I can't wait to see what you chose, first of all. But second of all, if in case people have not seen this book cover, can you please describe it? Because it might be oh. my favorite one yet.
1: <laughs> yes, I can. Let me... Let me pull it up so I have an accurate visual in front of me. So this this book cover is, we see Nancy with her. She, you know, she's, as Karen says, the, the most beautiful girl in the world. <laughs> she's got her red hair with, like, a bang. Um, she's wearing a cute little 1960s dress. She's got a candle in her hand, which I'm yes. like, okay. Behind her, we see, like, a treasure box type thing like a you know a box presumably in the attic we see the shadowy figure of a man and then right (laughs) over her (laughs) right over her shoulder which is as big as she is um is the hand of a skeleton (laughs) it's so big it's so big um so yeah those are those we see nancy candle Shadow Man trunk and gigantic skeleton hand.
0: A five foot eight skeleton hand. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's like one of those ones that Karen Kilgariff pretty much helped sell single handedly for I think it was Lowe's <laughs> last season. Oh, yes. My favorite murder. And it was like they, I think they have them again. It's Lowe's or Home Depot, I think one of those, but they have these gigantic skeletons. For your lawn. <laughs> and that's the only thing I can assume this is. Like the proportion is way off. So. That being said, the winner this week of our Once in a Plot contest, which, as per usual, has absolutely no rewards or prizes other than the thrill of the win, um, <laughs> uh, is was entered by Made by Brulee Bake Shop, who said, yes. Nancy wanted to trust her new stylist with her precious Titian locks, but something was off about the scalp massage.
0: Oh, oh i get it it's the skeleton hand it's the skeleton hand
1: <laughs> that is
0: brilliant oh brilliant. thank you made by a brulee bake shop we love yes. you <laughs> also
1: i want brulee i that sounds amazing
0: could not agree more
1: um so without further ado karen i've got to announce that you were responsible this week for the super fast plot so i sure was you sure was. Uh, with that, why don't you take it away?
0: I will. I will also say I just I made it in the nick of time. I think I finished this mere moments before we started recording and I also <laughs> am just in a wacky mood. So <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> An old man named Philip Marsh approaches Carson and Nancy for help with a mystery. His deceased son was an amazing composer before tragically passing away in an army training incident. The son, however, hid his compositions somewhere and Philip needs the Drew crew to find them so that he can A, get them published and make enough money to care for his granddaughter, Susan, and B, figure out who has absconded with some of the compositions because he keeps hearing them on the radio. The only clue? A pile of love letters the young composer had written to his now also deceased wife. Meanwhile, our friend Effie the Maid moves in with Mr. Marsh to take care of him and little Susan, who has the measles, and alerts Nancy that some creepy dude has been skulking around the property at night. Meanwhile, Carson has a mystery of his own, per usual. A client that manufactures silk scarves believes his secret scarf formula, which uses spider weavings, has been stolen by the Lucius Dite Corporation. Bushy Trot, a former workman at the Dite Corporation, is suspected to be a spy that double worked at both scarf factories to steal the secret formula. Nancy happens to know the daughter of the potential scarf thief, a girl named Diane Dite. Nancy makes it very clear Diane is not her friend, so she's cool to do some sleuthing on this case too. Nancy tricks a bunch of people with various schemes so she can gain access to the building, where she confirms there is a laboratory, there is a bushy trot lurking around, and the chemicals smell just like the secret chemicals that are alleged to have been stolen from the good guy scarf factory. They're also apparently using black widow spiders instead of just regular spiders. Nancy makes a narrow escape from the factory and manages to steal some of the chemical formula for Carson's research purposes. Back at the March house, things are getting out of hand. There's a creepy skeleton in the attic, a black widow almost ends Effie's young life, and they learn that a composer named Ben Banks is the person who's taking credit for Fit March's stolen compositions. Spooky music sometimes plays in the attic and toys are falling from the ceiling. There's also still a shadowy figure skulking around the grounds at night. The Drew crew tries to chase the figure down and they see that he has a rolled up parchment in his hand, but he gets away. Someone is definitely coming in and out and stealing stuff, probably music. Nancy talks to the music publisher who is mad that she thinks the artists he's publishing are plagiarists. He threatens her with a libel suit, but Nancy fully does not care. The Drew crew finds a secret compartment in the wardrobe where the attic skeleton was hiding, and it has original works by Fipp with his name on them. Thank goodness, proof. They also find a painting beneath the wallpaper that shows the same bars of music that have been stolen. More proof. The gals go to confront the music publisher and end up following the fake composer Ben Banks to his hotel. It turns out that his real name is Dite, AKA he is related to Diane and her shady scarf-stealing dad. Nancy tells Carson, who confirms the relationship, and who also lets her know that it's official, Dyte has stolen the chemical process from the good guy scarf company. Nancy rereads Phipps' love letters, in which they believe there are clues about where his music is hidden. And she figures out that the wardrobe skeleton was a clue all along. Behind him is a hole in the wardrobe that leads to a secret room. There, in the dark of midnight, in a piano desk, Nancy finds Phipps' missing compositions. Unfortunately, the thief is also there, popping out of a hole beneath the desk, and he grabs her! It's Bushy Trot from the bad guy scarf laboratory! Nancy gets tied up and Bushy leaves a black widow spider next to her. This is very bad. Med then randomly shows up and rescues her in the Nickerson of time. Carson takes the crew to the Dite household in the middle of the night. Dite is pissed at first, but then freaks out and gives them Bushy Trot's home address. He had purchased the formula from Bushy and didn't realize it was stolen from the good guy scarf factory, so he's kind of innocent. The cops' arrest trot at his home. He immediately confesses to being an ex-con and doing tons of crimes for one of the Dyte family members and the two go to jail forever. Mr. March gets paid big time for his son's compositions and Nancy is given a beautiful silk dress to wear to the next Emerson frat party, courtesy of the Good Guy Scarf Company, who is thrilled to have their secret formula safe again. The end.
1: The Nickerson of Time. (laughs) How have we not made that joke before? I don't know. I was just (laughs) sitting here thinking that, but oh my god, it's so perfect. (laughs) Oh, Ned arrives in the Nickerson of Time, Karen. That literally made my whole week. Like, oh my god, I'm so happy. I'll I'll be sitting at work on Thursday and I'll start laughing. Oh, that's good. (laughs) That's good. Um, Well, should we? uh, Do you have any like thoughts and musings on this title? You know, I do. And I I like, first of all, I really
0: liked this book. I'm very excited about it. I loved Um, it. One thing that I really enjoyed about it is that we had existing characters from books of yours make return appearances, which seems like such a basic thing, but it makes the book so much better when it happens.
1: Yes. Because Because you get to skip like all of the exposition about who this person is. And like, you know, one of my favorites was the... um, Mr. Fabergé you know we didn't yes. we just yeah he's just the antique shop owner That's, Yes. we already know his whole deal totally I loved that Effie
0: came back it was fantastic yes. Um, I, I also loved the villain in this book I loved that the cases were related I liked that Nancy was keeping secrets from the clue crew like she's doing yeah. some proper sleuthing work here I loved it yes um,
1: that was my big takeaway like I'm sorry I interrupted you
0: no, that, that was all I had to say. What, what are your thoughts and musings on this?
1: Well, my big takeaway was just that, that this was, I think, some of Nancy's most, like, legit sleuthing to date. Mm-hmm. So, like, because we've got the two mysteries that, of course, will intersect, right? But so there's the one where she's finding the lost music, and then there's the other one where she, there's this whole corporate espionage situation going on, <laughs> which, you know... What every twelve-year-old wants to read, so, <laughs> but like that component of it, I don't know. I thought she she did a really solid sleuth job on the I whole agree. on the whole silk factory thing. Um, in general, the spider thing is the stuff of nightmares.
0: Like, absolutely,
1: the idea of a farm of black widows being used to create like synthetic fiber. A I was herd. like, this this is literally this is the stuff of nightmares nightmare fuel absolutely yes yeah um but i i loved it i'm a huge fan so i remember i know this one's popular is it um yeah okay so but i and i know i'd read it but i didn't remember anything about it i i do have the original edition so i may (gasps) have to go back and read that now just to get the see to figure out what happens with ned And Diane,
0: yeah, I would love if you did that, because that is just too good to let go unknown.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing that, and this is just supposition on my part, but one of the things I think, one of the things I did not like about this book, and we'll get into this more a little bit, but like, I didn't like that Ned is literally not in this book at all. No. Until... He arrives in the Nickerson of Time at the very end for literally no reason. Like, yes. he would have no reason to go there, no reason to think Nancy was in danger, nothing. And rescues her at, you know, what, what did they call it in Shadow Ranch? Like, the,
0: not the, the critical
1: moment, but. The, oh, God, I can't think of it. Yeah. The, anyway. No, so I'm wondering, though, if that would have made more sense with the whole stealing the boyfriend subplot. Because you know, maybe he would be a little bit more keyed into what she was doing.
0: What is that term? I don't the know. Par- the paradoxical moment? No. No. Uh, uh, anyway, I could it'll, not agree more.
1: It'll pop into our little brains here at some point. So anyway, I can I start with my favorite part of this book? Yes, please. Okay. My favorite part of this book is Bushy Trot.
0: Agreed. Uh, Best villain we have ever had. Big time, right?
1: Yes. Like, first of all, the name is only challenged by who was the the bad sailor in Snorky. Tra- <laughs> Snorky. I mean, we've got Snorky. Now we've got Bushy Trot, which like gross. Um, but it's <laughs> it's a great name. So, but like, he's like a straight up psychopath. Mm-hmm. Like, most of these dudes are, what do you say? Like, they're they're very, like, kind of one-dimensional villains. They have very direct motives. They're all, you know, typically financially related. You know, they're trying to get to the money first before Nancy does or not let her discover their secret counterfeiting enterprise or whatever. Like, it's, it's a pretty straightforward thing. This guy, he... He wants, like, yes, there's motivation to keep her from, like, stopping him and his thieving of the home. But on top of that, like, he's not just trying to get away. He's trying to kill her. Yes. And because he could have just locked her up and closed the door and he would have been long gone before anybody got there to help her. But instead, he, like, sets loose this Black Widow spider to like he shakes terrorize it Terrorize her, yeah. He, he shakes, shakes it the up spider. And then like, go, Matilda. <laughs> and, but he also does that, like, even he. So he he releases a, a black widow up up in the attic, like, oh, you know, several days beforehand to try to scare them out of the attic, and that's when Effie gets bitten, and like, she could have died.
0: Effie was in bad shape from that spider bite.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if. Uh, if Nancy hadn't come in with the, uh, with the Linda Craig style tourniquet, she, uh... <laughs> oh, good old Nancy, I'm sure that's part of her uh, her resume. But I, mean, I did. She's got a wicked sense of like, you know, she's got advanced first aid.
0: Very much so. And oh, yeah. the line I wrote down too. There were several one liners in this book that were clutch, but there was a great line about bushy where at the very end when he's captured they say he has a mania for deadly things.
1: Oh, remember that? I know Shiver, right?
0: Five-star villain Kelly, I yeah, loved him.
1: Five-star villain for sure. He was a good one. So that he was my favorite part.
0: Okay, well, my favorite part was the the villain of high school. <laughs> the social villain. The social villain, yes, Diane Dite. Real world river, river Heights, like the stuff dreams are made of here mm-hmm the girls hate her <laughs> yeah really hate Sander. her they talk so much smack about diane george thinks nancy is legitimately trying to be friends with diane when nancy is like no i just need to use her to get clues yeah, george like george
1: have you ever heard the phrase like cozy up to that's right do.
0: george doesn't get that though and she's like basically Ew, don't be friends with diane she's the worst they yeah, hate her really. um Carson asks Nancy if she is friends with Diane and Nancy says and I quote she goes around with an entirely different crowd she's attractive looking but spoiled and willful
1: <laughs> it sounds like such an adult characteristic of a mean girl like absolutely how would, how would I describe this teenage girl that one likes she's willful and spoiled like
0: but a, but attractive looking
1: <laughs> I mean she's pretty attractive I mean I'm like oh Carolyn that is not how one teenage girl would describe the poor mannerisms of another.
0: Of their specific mean girl. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did I, like that
1: phrase. She goes around with an entirely different crowd. An entirely different <laughs> crowd. In fact, father, if we could leave her on that island with a uh, fake what's his face from the fake the fake babies are from the last book. Oh, yes. we absolutely yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yes. They hated that guy, too. <laughs> yeah. Match made in heaven. Mm. I loved I loved the Diane
1: subplot Um, me too I liked I liked the Diane subplot a lot that was my favorite okay I do you think Diane do you remember I guess it was the secret of the old clock remember like the two Cinderella stepsisters in that book that were so (gasps) yeah I I bet they're friends with Diane that's her crowd you are correct yeah but I bet she ditched them when they lost all their money (laughs) for sure for sure (laughs)
0: Karma! Yeah, yeah there um, was definitely like a whole gown making scene in this too, where she's having like a custom dress made for her and she tells mm-hmm. the gown maker to shut down the shop until her dress is done. Yeah. Focus only on my dress. And it was very Cinderella
1: Mm hmm. This is some first. For, for one. For. Uh... problems right here. Like, my custom dress isn't being made fast enough. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I did wish that she was having her custom dress made by Catherine from the last book.
0: Oh, our Russian fashionista, yes. Our
1: Russian fashion designer, you know? Oh, well. Um, Okay, so I I mentioned this earlier, but I do want to go back to this this corporate espionage subplot. So, I... Okay, so I had said, like, Nancy Sleuthing is absolutely better in this book than we've seen before. Because she, like, Mm -hmm. she goes in, she at least has a loose plan of what she's doing. She's not just randomly breaking into places to see what happens, which we've seen her do so many times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she actually, she's going to go into this factory. She's going to, this is how she's going to get in, by using Diane as an excuse. Um, And then she's looking for specific things. So... That, like, really sets her up to be on a track of, like, I need to get through that door. I need to see what's behind, you know, in that vat. I need to get a sample of that. Whatever, whatever. Yes. And the way she does that, I think, is so genius. Um, A little bit sad, but so genius. Like, one of the ways... She basically gets into all of these top secret areas of this factory by playing on these male factory workers assumptions of women yes she lets them underestimate her and she uses that to her advantage and i thought it was brilliant so for example she needs to get behind this like top secret locked door so she screams when they run out of this door to see who's screaming she like stumbles inside and pretends to faint yes and these guys rush out to get her water and get her help and as soon as they're gone she jumps up she's like you know She's taking pictures with her mind's eye because she's got a photographic memory, we know, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, I just thought it was really interesting. Like, you know, she nobody expects this young teenage woman to like be able to to be doing any of this, and she uses right. that to her advantage. And I think it's the first time we've kind of seen her have like be on a little bit more of a mission than just randomly seeing what happens
0: completely agreed. I will talk about this a bit more in her resume, but this is a very advanced technique that she is employing, and it is still a technique that is used in this day and age in mm. corporate espionage, so...
1: We'll say more. Oh, we're going to talk about it in her resume, you said. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. All See, right. I, gotta, I gotta plant a seed so people listen to the very end.
1: <laughs> gotta listen all the way to the end. We're not just, like, asking you to rate and review, but do that, too. Um... <laughs>
0: Let's see. What else do we like? Oh, we should talk about Effie a little bit more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Effie is a housekeeper a lot. She's basically Hannah Gruen Junior. Hannah Gruen Light.
1: It, well, and she's she is Hannah's niece, right?
0: Yes, they are related. Um, Somehow, and so yeah. Effie gets called in to these books when Hannah is busy doing Hannah things. But there are there's a similar skill set required elsewhere, and Hannah is yeah. not available. So they phone up Effie they're like Mr. March and his granddaughter need some serious help at their house can huh. you come live with them and take care of them their housekeeper has left and she's like yeah no problem i'm available um effie is hilarious she is they call <laughs> her funny. they call her the dizzy housekeeper <laughs> yeah
1: wasn't it George? She's like, is that that dizzy housekeeper? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Which I think is a term that has come back. Like, I see people use that on, like, Instagram and stuff. Like, that oh, really? That descriptor is very popular again now, which I think is funny. That's um, funny. But she is just all over the place. She's super scared of ghosts.
1: Oh, she yeah. She's is she, terrified. She's, and, and, like, rightfully so. I'm like, you know. For sure. Not, maybe not the ghost thing, but, like. Effie is having, I would say, a normal human reaction to, you know, cloaked figures, like, coming in and out of the house in the middle of the night and, you know, poisonous spiders being let loose in the home. She's yeah. She's she's pretty unsettled.
0: Rightfully, so. Rightfully um, so. She does have one of the other great one-liners of this book. When she gets bit by the spider, she says something like, I'll I should have written it down but basically her young life flashed before her eyes <laughs> I love oh, her. poor Effie she's very dramatic and I can relate yes. to that so she's
1: very dramatic she also like one of one of her jobs is to like help take care of this little girl Susan and she's constantly scaring the hell out of Susan Like, (laughs) and and it really starts to drive Nancy crazy because Nancy is a very maternal figure to, like, any of these, we've seen it a million times. Like, she's very good with kids. She's very, you know, sweet and maternal. And um, it's really, it's, like, starting to make her mad that, like, Effie's, like, freaking out in front of this little girl. Yes. Um, (laughs) She's, like none of that's true, Effie. I was like, ooh, Nancy is getting riled up, so. Very much so. It's it's not a ghost, Effie. It's just a, you know, psychotic, crazy. (laughs) Spider collector. Spider collector who's up in the (laughs) attic looking for stuff that her dad left. Like, chill. It's no big. No, but everybody calm down. Calm down. Yeah, Effie rules. I generally... Loved the treasure hunt in this book and like we get treasure hunts yeah. constantly but I know we've talked about it before in one of these but there's something about no like it if you read the Mrs. Picklewiggle Wiggle books like I always think of those where you know that there's treasure hidden in this one fixed location mm-hmm. and you just have to find it so it's it's not, as opposed to having a treasure hunt where you know the the treasure is somewhere in the universe And you have to, you know, find the X marks the spot on the map, which we've also done recently. Um, This is, we know this thing is somewhere in this house. And it's really cool to have kind of a fixed perimeter for where you can look. Because then, you know, rather than the X marks the spot being, you know, on a treasure island in the Pacific, it's, you know, a hidden drawer that pops out when you play a c-sharp and a d together or whatever yeah yep so i liked all that and i also loved um all of the all of these amazing antiques that she finds up in this attic like oh gosh i mean that's like the dream you know it really is vintage stuff i mean that's like the dream to like go it's it's why you go antique shopping or vintage shopping right you just like it's the search for that treasure and so she comes out with all of this stuff like courier and ives prints and these gorgeous glass bottles and antique lace and hat boxes with these antique hats in them and all kinds of cool stuff so it's just fun to kind of like explore that attic with her
0: it reminded me of the twisted candles or the sign of the twisted candles Mm -hmm. which was Mm -hmm. one of the very early books we read on this podcast where there were little hidey holes all over yes that in essentially and she and ned are like banging walls open and ripping wallpaper off and stuff i loved that as well yeah um so good
1: same kind of thing yeah
0: and also oh the last thing i'll say for favorite parts related to what you were describing when nancy is sleuthing around in the attic there's this skeleton that's hanging in the wardrobe and the skeleton does actually scare the crap out of nancy it like kind of falls onto her and puts its hand on her head and she says I think to Carson, well, last night was pretty interesting. A skeleton, a skeleton, and I got a little chummy. <laughs> Perfect, which was so good, like so, so, so good.
1: Uh, and like, she's humorous in this book. <laughs> she is. Everybody's got a pretty good sense of humor in this book, even when they're getting bitten by poisonous spiders. So deadly animals. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, I I have very little to improve upon in this book, but. I do have two suggestions, and I'll keep them brief. And I'm curious if you think either of these things would actually be an improvement or not. And you can say no, and I would be, I'm fine with that. Uh, So the first one, it would be awesome if the music stealer, Ben, we find out is actually Fip, who has lost his memory.
0: You read my mind. (laughs) The whole book, I wanted Fip to be alive. And yes. him to be actually like the whole time he is his music wasn't stolen he is actually publishing them yes. under this name because he has amnesia you read my mind <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's exactly it so you know it we find out that like basically nothing with um, Bushy changes right like he still was friends with Fip in the army he still heard the story about this music that's hidden up in the attic so he's still breaking in and like all of that stays the same but. When Nancy goes to kind of like track Ben down, she eventually figures out that he's in fact just he's selling his own songs. He hasn't stolen the sheet music or anything else. He just that that's kind of all he can remember, maybe, is like he has these kind of haunting tunes that go through his mind. So he's selling those and she's ultimately able to reunite him with his family.
0: Oh, you know what that reminds me of, too? The greatest film of all time, the 90s movie, A Little Princess.
1: Karen yes that's exactly what I was thinking of
0: where her dad goes off to war he is like in a tragic battle and he loses his sight he loses his memory and the little girl has to like help him remember that 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 he's her dad oh I have probably seen that movie 50 times and I weep every time I watch it. it
1: it's so good the book's so good I loved it all
0: yeah, the um, era. It would have been awesome if five stars. Love that same page and bonus points for making me think of my favorite movie.
1: <laughs> okay, well here's my here's my second recommendation, and I stand by this. Um, it would have been awesome if Nancy had laid in wait up in that secret room in the attic, knowing that Bushy would come. And be totally unaware that she had discovered his hideout.
0: Yes. That's what I thought she was gonna do. That
1: yeah. also same page. I was like, go hang out until go he pops and up wait. and then and then you can see how he's gaining access to this house. Exactly. So she needs to go up, she needs to sit and wait. Like when he pops up through that trapdoor, she bops him on the head with, you know, like the bust of Beethoven off the piano or whatever. <laughs> and um uh and then she gets to like she and mr uh, march have this whole like owl hoot signal that they never get yes. to use they never use the the owl and hoot like, i love that it's always animal sounds too like <laughs> didn't we have a coyote and we've there was definitely a coyote had in shadow ranch we've had birds before Or birds so it's like okay now we've got an owl sound i want somebody to hoo and it never happens so ooh, now she's going to hoo out the out the window and when Ned arrives, all like ready to save the day at the Nickerson, at, in the Nickerson of time, he's gonna just like find her like pushing down the head of the guy as, as she puts him into the back of the squad car.
0: Love it. Yeah. No assistance needed, Mr. Nickerson. Done.
1: Bam. Yeah. Sold. Kelly. That, those conclude my suggestions. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. As always. Thank you. I tried my best. Um, did we get to add anything to Nancy's resume? Yup, we sure did. Tell Would me you like all to hear about them?
0: it. I have four additions to her 27-page resume.
1: I was going to say, this is, I don't know how we're going to get this to one page.
0: We're, we're not. This is double-sided, stapled,
1: <laughs> probably
0: has to be delivered on a Six thumb drive on. as well. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. So, number one, we learn, I think, for the first time in this book, correct me if I'm wrong, that Nancy is an incredible pianist
1: yeah i don't think we knew that she played piano
0: <laughs> she is going to buy the sheet music of these stolen compositions she can sit down sight read them
1: yeah just do dilute them off yep.
0: yep someone even hears her playing it at the music store and they're like wow you were an incredible piano player and she's like really good oh, at that thank you thank you little like a, me a flip of her Titian bob like oh stop stop so <laughs> incredible musician um in terms of her approach to assisting in these cases, we now learn that she provides live-in nursing and mm-hmm. housekeeping services to mm-hmm. her clients.
1: sitting, yep. Yep. Mm.
0: She's just like, oh, you're on the struggle bus. Like, I'll move in for a week. Yeah. I, I think this really speaks to some, like, boundary issues, but yeah, yeah. it is what it is.
1: She's, she's a nice person, but, you know, she also is, like, constantly volunteering, voluntolding while in telling Bess and George that they're also they're gonna like take over for her. like <laughs> yes. I just need yes. you to come out for like you know 24 to 72 hours and take care of this old man his small child you know fend off any attackers or ghosts spiders while you cook and clean
0: Nancy but is the type of friend that like you should snooze their text messages and emails yes. for like a day or two when they come through because yes. You know that you're about to get a hefty ask coming your
1: way. <laughs> it is not just dinner. Like, there is going to be an ask, so.
0: Totally. Um, okay, my two hot takes. These are, these are good. Get ready. Mm, so, we I discussed this takes. moments ago. So, social engineering is a big tactic for her. What and is that? Social engineering is... And I quote, the use of deception to manipulate individuals into divulging confidential or personal information. And this is a commonly used hacking technique that involves no computers, no technical aptitude. It is simply like tricking people into just telling you what you want to know. So... Great example of this. And, you know, having worked at many tech companies, we we have to get trained on what social engineering and like phishing techniques Mm -hmm. look like because it is so easy to fall prey to them. Classic example, um, someone walking up to a company, like the building, Mm
1: -hmm. where
0: employees are required to badge into the door to gain access. So no one else should be able to come in or out unless they have a badge that Mm -hmm. boop boops the door open. People will do things like um, approach that door with their arms full of heavy boxes, Uh and it is just human nature to want to To be helpful, Mm -hmm. and you'll go like, oh, no problem, let me hold that door for you. That person goes, oh, thank you so much, walks right in, they are not supposed to be there, and now they can see things they're not supposed to, steal documents, etc. Like, classic thing to do Um, this is basically exactly what Nancy does to the secretary at the scarf factory it sure is she befriends this woman she's like oh I'm friends of Diane's this woman's like sure let me give you the keys to the kingdom sounds Mm -hmm. like it's fine for you to be here takes her on a tour and then just leaves her in the factory and Nancy's like fantastic Um, social engineering just basically tricking people into thinking you're supposed to be
1: you're supposed to be there
0: yep praying off of people's goodwill. Like it is yeah, fascinating.
1: Well, it's and it's like that desire to not even just be polite, although I think that's part of it. Like like the example you just gave where you don't want to you don't want to be the guy that's like I can I can't help you in the building. I'm going to shut this door right in your face person with their arms full of boxes. But it's it's a desire to not create conflict. Yes. And to not say no to people like totally yes so social
0: engineer extraordinaire um my last hot take with her antiques flipping that you mentioned (laughs) so she's like going up in the attic she's finding these things and she's like oh this will fetch a great price at mr Faber's (laughs) antique store she is
1: i I know a guy he typically deals in like you know russian jewelry and (laughs) singing songbird fabergé eggs but sure he'll
0: he'll take some glass bottles off my hands
1: (laughs) Nancy, I think, is the original Hashtag
0: Girlboss. She is the original Sophia Amoroso. Do you know about Sophia Amoroso? No. Oh, Kelly, there's a Netflix show about this. She wrote a book in 2014 that's called Girlboss. Sophia no, Amoroso was like a young woman that lived in San Francisco and she got wealthy. She has an empire from basically going to vintage stores. She had a great eye for classic vintage clothing and she was like she bought this leather jacket it's the lore that she's like oh this is pretty sweet she posted it on her you know social media or something and everybody freaked out about it like that's the coolest jacket ever and she started an online store reselling vintage clothing and it's, it's like an empire basically wow yeah so, I feel like Nancy may have inspired Sophia Amoroso <laughs>
1: right yeah so this this was just the um the the very non-tech version of an Etsy shop a hundred percent absolutely. Mm. so for which she got no money. I'll just point that out.' like <laughs> no. she wasn't taking a cut or anything, so should have uh, Nancy, Nancy's a good person, Nancy, Nancy probably has more than she needs and doesn't want to take it away from people that need it which is very honest that's true but again i will
0: say she has boundary issues
1: (laughs) she does have boundary issues and i'm like nancy you need to be self-sufficient i mean ned could go off any moment with diane you know carson is playing fast and loose with you know all kinds of criminals from the extensive river heights underworld So I'm like, Nancy, I don't know if I would be falling back on that artist career of yours or not. I think, you you know, maybe need to save up a little bit.
0: Needs a nest egg, Kelly.
1: Need a Fabergé nest egg. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. That's what I got for the resume. Amazing. Amazing. So um, I just have, you set me up perfectly, but I just have one open question for you. Okay. How is there such a huge market for valuable and rare antiquities in River Heights?
0: Dude, no idea. Because this is two books in a row where that is a critical plot point.
1: Yeah. And, you know, again, these, these have been edited. Now we're kind of in the 60s, fine. But, I mean, in the original version of the book, presumably this kind of would have been in that, too. And it's the Depression. <laughs> so, yes. Like... Really, everybody's like clamoring for Courier and Ives prints in the middle of the Great Depression. I kind of doubt it, but
0: Uh, right, they they want tinned bread, something you can sustain yourself with, not baubles,
1: (laughs) baubles, (laughs) not not expensive old bottles. (laughs)
0: Yes, that that
1: should be that should be our brick and mortar antique shop. What baubles and bottles. And it'll be next to Buckeyes and Bait, the candy and bake shop.
0: Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. And next to the Nancy Drew themed inn
1: that we're going to open. Right. It's, I mean, this this inn is just—it's developing itself.
0: It really is. It, it's the... just
1: going to be a whole town experience.
0: I think it does, it is turning into a town because we do need like yeah. the opera singer neighbor to do oh, the entertainment yeah. in the evenings and.
1: Yeah, we've got oh. we've got a whole. A whole whole motley crew. I mean we're gonna have one whole theater that just has tap dancers performing in it.
0: Yep. You can get a gown made for you to wear to the show by Mm -hmm. a Russian seamstress. Yep.
1: We'll have a cat cafe. Oh, a cat cafe. Oh, also Persian cats.
0: Togo has to factor into this, the missing dog.
1: Well I think in our town we're just you know missing posters will be plastered everywhere that's the Wait. only thing i can assume have you seen togo
0: <laughs> have you seen this dog kelly we have discussed this book in record time today
1: and have we what time is it we've only been talking for like mere minutes it's it's only been one hour we we had we had like 35 less minutes of Romanov history to talk about this week <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> true fact <laughs> Um, so to rate this book, it is The Secret in the Old Attic. I think it is only appropriate to rate it out of a 12 possible Black Widow spiders.
1: That is appropriate.
0: How many Black Widows do you give this book?
1: 10 out of 12 Black Widows.
0: <gasps> very um, high points.
1: Very high praise for this one. Great book. I This is one of the few times that I can say this, but I actually loved the intersection of the two stories in this yeah. book. Agreed. It was it was overly coincidental, of course, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It worked for some reason. Um, I am going to have to give it minus two Black Widows for Nancy having to be rescued by Ned. hmm Out of the wild blue yonder. Very but, fair. Yeah. Otherwise, 10 out of 12 Black Widows. How about you? I gave it 11 out
0: of 12 Black Widows.
1: Hey, we both had a good a good response to this book.
0: Yep, I thought it was phenomenal and the exact.
1: Phenomenal.
0: Phenomenal, phenomenal book. I wrote it oh. twice in my notes. Um right. But the same as you, I removed One Black Widow for the nonsensical Ned Rescue at the end. Yeah. I could
1: yeah, have done although, without that. I, I'm tempted to give it back one of those two that I took away for the Nickerson pun you made. In the <laughs> 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 that just made me like the book more. <laughs> But I'll stick with it. Ten out of twelve, and you're high praise.
0: Yeah, Yeah, excellent tome.
1: Um, And with that, let's talk about what we're reading next week. Uh, Yes, please. So next week we are reading. It's our next super sleuth special. We are reading Mm. Teen Killers Club by Lily Sparks. Yeah, we are. Yep. we're pretty psyched it's we're going to be interviewing lily it probably will not be part of our next episode it'll maybe be a standalone um but we are going to talk to lily and do a recording about her experience writing this book and but next week we're talking about teen killers club so um yeah check it out it it looks pretty cool it looks like a fun like it looks like a fun read especially for right now um it's i haven't started yet but it's definitely giving me kind of like i don't know michael myers vibes a little bit so
0: i love it oh and we also we need to do a drawing for our giveaway we do Um, we have a signed edition of lily's book thank you lily for providing that to give away to one of our listeners so we will be doing that shortly as well
1: yep we'll be doing that and it'll get posted on our instagram by the end of to well the end of our tonight which is sunday so yes um, it'll already be posted by the time this episode releases
0: Sweet, and you know as always, please rate, review, and subscribe. If you're joining, if you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend. And all of the fun stuff happens on our Instagram at It's a Clue Podcast.
1: And Karen, remember what we learned today in Nancy Drew and the Secret in the Old Attic. I can't wait. What did we learn? Your faux silk dress is made out of gasoline and spider webs.
0: <laughs> sure is. Just, just an
1: FYI. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and with that. Happy sleuthing!
1: It's a clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at i am courtney kyle. The It's a clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at danny w music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow.